This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As a thank you in advance for listening to this episode, please feel free to grab yourself a free copy of the Book of Public Speaking at thebookofpublicspeaking.com. Hey everybody, it is Corey Poirier. Really excited to be back with the latest edition and episode of the show. Also really excited to have a brand new first time guest, a, a new friend of mine from just a few months ago. Uh, so Wolf Castillo, really excited to have you here today. And where we usually like to start is to get you to tell us a little bit about your backstory and your journey. My backstory and my journey, that's a lot. Um, what, what are you looking for in the backstory? Uh, just, I guess, how you help people now and sure. how you got into that. Sure. So I actually just got back from a three-day event called Driven. It was here in Orlando. And what it got me really clear on was that my messaging and what I was doing wasn't resonating with the words I was using. So I was telling people I was a high performance and mindset coach for youth. And although there was some truth to that, long story short, I got very present to the fact uh, that what I'm doing is a bit bigger than that. And that I have a humongous standing commitment to empowering the youth of this generation and generations to come to live a life of freedom, a life of choice, and a life where they truly feel alive. And inside of that, it got me really present to how committed I am to providing our young people with the life skills and tools and resources they need to actually transition into adulthood. My backstory a little bit without going too deep was I was kind of, I was the kid who did everything that they were supposed to. I went to school. I, I got good grades. I got a degree. I had like a 3.98 GPA, graduated magna cum laude, worked four jobs at the same time. Uh, I paid my way through college, had zero student loan debt. Um, and it all seemed great in hindsight. I was also like a multi-sport state level champion and athlete. Like I, I did all the things seemingly that were right, but what people didn't know was that I was suffering severely with depression and anxiety. And a lot of people around me started disappearing. Um, just like that, just people who were taking their own lives and, uh, happenstance to various things in that realm. So the reason why I share this is because what I got present to is that this is, this is huge in, in our culture right now, this, this like culture where there's like, there's a lot of bullying and there's a lot of uh, lack of identity and direction and the innumerable statistics about how, in my opinion, I have a strong opinion of how our education system is failing us. So I have a huge commitment in my work to giving, the, giving that education and life skills and transitioning into adulthood that I think is missing. Wow. And so you said there's been a bit of a shift for you and so now is it that you're going to bring the message to more people or has the message itself shifted to some degree? Yeah. So although I am a sort of, so to speak, like a high performance and mindset coach, what I'm actually really telling people now and like, Oh, what do you do? I, I will actually be telling them like I save young people's lives because in my opinion, I, that's what I am out to do. 
And obviously I, I think more concise I get in my message, the more impactful it can be because if I'm scattered and really don't know how to convey what it is that I do, then people can't know how to find me or what I'm actually truly committed to, whether it's, you know, parent or, you know, child or somewhere in between. Uh, I think that the messaging is really revolved around how we as a collective can up level the way in which we are transitioning our young people into the next stage of their life. So you hit on a big thing you mentioned about the, uh, the school system. Mm -hmm. and there's a great talk called uh, how school kills creativity. Mm. Uh, Sir um, Ken Robinson. Um, this has been a discussion, whether on our show or that I've had with people one-on-one -on -one about, you know, the direction schools are going, uh, if they're still too far behind, all that kind of stuff. Here's a question I'll pose that you will. What would you like to see done differently? Because we hear so much about what we feel is going wrong, but it, I, I'm more curious these days of what do we feel also is some solutions or some solutions that we could go toward as well, because just, you know, just pointing out what they're doing wrong doesn't help us as much and service as much as talk about what they could be doing differently. Absolutely. And, and you're spot on. And I'm really glad that you are shedding light on this because you're dead right when you say that, you know, we, there is a tendency to focus on what is going wrong. So what I propose is there's many ways to go about it. One, I think that the sooner we can have, I don't know if you want to say mandated, but having some kind of presence for young people where there is a, there is a mentorship that's going on because it's, it's one thing when a parent goes to their kid or adult goes to their kid and says, you should do this thing. There creates a resistance. I believe there's like this, Oh, you're my parent. I get it. Whatever. You should say that. But if I'm coming to somebody or someone who's more closer to their age range and is saying, Hey, look, I hear where you're at. I hear what you're working, I hear your struggles and you know, let's just make sure you don't stay there. Like let's, let's get you empowered. So having some kind of mentorship or having some kind of conversation where they truly get that they're not alone in this and that their voices are heard. That's one. Um, another I think is having, having them be active in, in some part in perhaps their communities. And there can be many ways you go about this, whether it's in service or if it's out, uh, you know, actually taking part in, say, cooperative um, events and things like that. I'm a huge, uh, I, I hugely endorse, like, movement, whatever that looks like for a person. If you're into football, you're into soccer, mixed martial arts, dance, anything that's going to get you moving, and also just community in general. I think that, you know, in a digital era where we're so here and so here all the time, most of the kids' education, especially younger ones, is YouTube. So I think there needs to be more input that is going to encourage them and say, hey, look, playing video games and doing all those things, great. Like, I, I think that they should do that. But I also think, you know, everything in moderation and you know, implementing things that are going to get them out, get them moving, get them, like you said, get their creative juices flowing. You see in education, they're like taking away like the arts and like physical activity. I'm like, that's probably the worst thing you should do. Like you should be having more of that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And, and I like what you said there about community. I mean, I think there could be a need for having even a, a like if you have daily classes, let's say you have four classes mm -hmm. for people that poorly to be able to have a community class where they go into the community for their class and actually give them credits for that. Dude, right? that would be brilliant. Well, I, the school we went to, I mean, I think there were four sciences you had to complete in three sure. years. And I mean, I understand that some people at 16 might not know if they're going to go down that path, but is it not worth maybe merging two of those and then opening up an area where a person could be out in the community? Or another thing I think I've always believed 
there should be a class on, and it wouldn't necessarily fill up maybe a whole class, like meaning a whole semester, but at least some component of a class that talked about finding your purpose and passion, teaching you how to do that. I mean, why, why does that not exist? So I, so I agree with you completely. I think if we're going to keep saying there should be bricks and mortar schools, then we mm -hmm. need to maybe change what that looks like. Uh, I saw, yeah. um, there's, do you know the name? Uh, I think I might have this right, but Prince EA? I don't think so. Okay, so I think it's Prince EA. I might have that wrong. Somebody introduced me to him recently, and he has this video out. Uh, he, be, he, he does stuff similar to Jay Shetty. And Jay Shetty. So he has this video out, and basically it's him uh, on trial. He's like the prosecution, and the defense is the, the traditional school system. So it's sure. like the older white men representing school. And yeah. basically he takes them to court, saying that, you know, you're – you're basically guilty of what you're doing to students. But what's really wild about it, and I never thought of it until he showed it in the video, is he actually uh, shows, I forget what it is, but he shows like something in society with the way it used to be versus yeah. what it is now and showed how much progress there is in it. And yeah. then, like a school from 1935 and a school today, yeah. it looks identical. Like in other words, what, what he's saying is, school hasn't changed with the times, it hasn't evolved, it's the exact same system. I mean, there's some schools that are saying now, you know, here's how to use your iPad, your phone, whatever, within the class. But sure. there's still a lot that it's just your textbook, the big, thick textbook. Sure. That, by the way, hasn't been updated for 40 years. So it doesn't even reflect the changes in history. Anyway, so the point is, is that that was a real big eye-opener for me to see that schools look the same. And it is true, and I know that inherently, but I never thought about the fact that it hasn't changed. Yeah. So Isn't that crazy? Needs to be, there needs to be saying, how can this change? And there's so many fringe schools that are doing great things. Like there's the, uh, I forget what they're called now, maybe Montessori or something like that. But the school mm -hmm. that where they take them out into nature and uh, oh, is like uh, taking them to trees and showing them how the rings work. But this is like their whole, their whole class is basically um, outdoors, creativity, giving them blocks and saying, make something rather than, and this is even kids that are starting out, like, you know, six years old. Uh, rather sure. than turning them out saying, you need to memorize this uh, algebra equation. Yeah. And so I yeah, like and the idea of, even if you have to evolve it slowly, I like the idea of starting to evolve that. So I'm glad you brought that up, that we need to change the education system. Somebody needs to. You're, you are so spot on. And actually, I hadn't, I don't think I'd heard too much into that, but I think that's actually really brilliant, like inducing that, you know, connectedness to nature. Because I mean, inherently, we are... We're, we're more grounded, so to speak, when we have that opportunity to kind of get out and get away into, in, interestingly enough, to unplug, to reconnect and to recharge. It's, it's, it's like almost like very backwards, but like unplugging like ourselves from computers and things like that, and then actually plugging ourselves into nature and things like that. I really do feel like cognitively we get more, we get more freed up. All the, the um, I can't think of the word right now, but I know there's some kind of electromagnetic radiation that comes from our phones, that comes from our our you know computer screens and things like that and it has a huge effect on that and imagine taking that and then what you just came up with in terms of i couldn't agree more if we had a class i was like life skills leadership and learning your purpose like getting very clear on how you you know how you can transition to those next stages how you can you know, start to create, and not that you have to have, and I, I, I'm a big proponent watcher of Gary V's work, Gary Vaynerchuk, talking about, look, you don't have to have your life, and you shouldn't have your life figured out at 18, 22, or whatever, but actually having some kind of, like, 
guiding principles or something that you look out and you say, yes, like that's what I'm going to move towards. And then you cultivate a bunch of young leaders who are inspired to be creative, to come up with innovative ways to improve their environment, their culture, their ecosystems. I mean, how invaluable this could be, especially to, you know, at-risk children and youth when you actually take them and put them inside of something that inspires them to become, I remember my, uh, hearing this a while back, like becoming bigger than your circumstances. Mm. And yeah. inside of becoming bigger than that, so much more becomes available. You know, it's interesting when you say that, it also makes me think, you know, in that life skills class that we're talking about, where it could cover a purpose and, and even how to manage your money and what credit cards yeah. really are and all that stuff earlier in life. But imagine if, you know, though, if you think about the guest speakers, like you think of the speakers that are out there in the world, that would give back to schools and go in to speak to high school students for no fee that are charging $20,000 to be booked for 45 minutes. Sure. Like, why are they not tapping into that? And I mean, I know that for a while I pursued that as a speaker who gets paid well for speaking, sure. I going into schools and you had to do like five times the work to talk for free at a school than you have to do to speak at a company. So there's a point where you're just like, this isn't worth it. But I mean, my point is, imagine if they had a class where they said with this one class, you know, maybe their parents sign a thing saying, look, we're going to, people are going to come in. They're going to say stuff that might scare the students, whatever, about what the real world's like. Maybe yes. permission for that one class. But the point is, is that they have some world-class speakers come in. I mean, that would be, Ugh. that would be a game-changing class. And, and at the same time, uh, there'd be students that would be praying to get into that class once they heard the results and people's experiences. So, I mean, I think mm. it could be looked at, but why is, you know, why it's, it's so frustrating that, it seems like they're resisting that. You know, I think that there's this natural, and I'm sure you would agree, there's this natural propensity that when we get hit with something that is new and novel, it's outside of that comfort zone. I'm sure as a speaker, you know this. You like Once you get to that point where it's like, I'm now beyond my threshold, there becomes this, oh, uh, this, isn't, this isn't familiar, this isn't comfortable. And maybe that's why our education system hasn't changed that much. I mean, think about it. Like, I don't know how true this is, but I wouldn't be surprised as far off, like information doubles every single day. If, if that is true or even close to being true, then you would think that with the amount of like ingenuity we find in like entrepreneurship and in, you know, high level business, things like that, where we're constantly innovating, re-innovating, checking out the trends and figuring out where we're going, that we would have this rather adaptive, uh, educational system that is also very, in my opinion, where we're really messing up is very individuated. Like four eight zero one five eight eight one one four. That was my student ID. I remember it from high school. I said it so many times, and that's how I felt like I was treated. I was another number. I was being pushed along in somebody's agenda. Now imagine if we actually were treated as someone who is. This is, you know, this is Wolf. He is a highly visual learner and also has elements of kinesthetic learning. How can we cultivate an environment where is conducive of his of his highest potential and same with each individ individual i think that if we were to have that mindset although there might be more front end work the longevity like the the long term manifestation in my opinion becomes so much greater than let's just shovel them along there's a bunch of them and maybe we'll find some some needles in the haystack or some gold inside of all the you know what i'm saying absolutely yeah i i, I agree with you and it's something that I hope they start looking at, I mean, and again, I'm, I'm just talking about what it took me years to discover, but can you imagine if um, I was given, let's say, Think and Grow Rich yeah. age to write a book report on in my class, or today, go one step further, let's, as a class, once a week, we watch a 45-minute, well, 
say, well, we'll say like even a TED talk. So we watch a 50 minute TED talk. And at the end of week mm. on Friday on our sort of blow off class, we all chat about how we can use what we learned in that TED talk in our life. I mean, blow off. Yeah. You know, I'd say it that way because that people would be like, oh, this is just our, you know, have fun class or whatever. But yeah. their mind would be changing and they wouldn't even realize it. But oh, if, yeah. Think about that. Rather than going home at night and having to read from this book that's 300 pages and eventually write a report on it or have a class around it, imagine if you could watch a talk and within 15 minutes your life could be changed. I mean, it might sure. not be, you know, it wouldn't be every week your life's changed, but it just takes one. So once in a year, you as a kid, that one TED Talk might resonate with you more than anybody else. And it could be a oh, TED yeah. Talk with somebody who quit school and here's why they wish they didn't or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, talking with here, there's, there's, there's so much of this that could be incorporated. Um, and I do believe that there are some schools and some places where people are starting to do some of this, but I still think it's far too slow. Yes. There is definitely some pioneers in the space that are, you know, not to overgeneralize that all, you know, all of it's broken, but the vast majority, right? Like the actual vast majority. And are there pioneers in the space? Oh, yeah. And they're doing big things. And you're so spot on with this, like, concept of this, like, so to speak, blow off class. But, you know, think about it. Like, I'm sure you've had at some point, maybe one, maybe probably multiple points where you, like, saw something, you read something, or something entered your experience. And because of that, it truly altered the course of your life. Now, imagine we're inducing or rather introducing some kind of like, let's say it's a TED talk, or maybe it's these ideas and these concepts. You take something that, you know, you, you bring a story and the story inspires. Now people are thinking differently. Their, their world of possibilities starts to expand because my world was so myopic when I was in high school. When I actually got to the real world, I was like, oh, this is overwhelming. Like there, there was no, like, you know, there was no, there was no bridge. There was a humongous gap and it's like this treacherous leap and you're like, I have to jump that? Like how uh, no one prepared me for this whatsoever. But imagine if we start to have those conversations, we induce those, you know, introduce those videos and it's like, wow, this is interesting. And then you create like actionable plans for them to go on inside of that. And then they start to actually feel excited about going to school. And then they figure out the importance of, you know, math, you know, like, for example, in my opinion, not every single person needs to know calculus, A, B, B, C, and beyond, because most of us aren't going to be doing anything at that level, unless we're actually a mathematician to some degree, we have a, like, come on, like, there are certain things that make sense. But learning math for math's sake may not intrigue the mind, but if they start to see the real world, like here's how finances work, here's how taking investing money and long-term uh, financial investments. And then they start to see, ah, oh, this is why math is important, not just some abstract concept or idea that has no relation. So it's like, oh, I gotta go to class again. I gotta learn this stuff. Real disconnected. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because different ideas are popping into my mind as you're saying this. Wolf, but one other thing is you mentioned mentors and I love that. And I understand it's probably, you know, if it's a school with 600 students, it's probably not gonna be feasible, let's say maybe to have mentor per student, you know, 600 mentors working with these students. But what you could technically do in the world we're in today is why couldn't you have you know, twice a week, five or eight students together as a group that work mm -hmm. with one mentor, maybe a local entrepreneur or whatever it might be through Zoom. Mm. Or the mentor comes in if, if that's feasible, uh, but even through Zoom, and maybe if they learn from a different mentor every week, whatever that looks like, uh, the point is I still think that could be facilitated, and I think, again, that could be a game changer, because I was just out there on my own whenever I was in school, but I knew kids that went to uh, what they call junior achievement, which was basically an entrepreneurial program. Yeah. 
And here's what they proved with this junior achievement. Uh, where the school system I was at in the, the province that I grew up in, in Canada, uh, the lady told me who ran junior achievement, they had demonstrated that students that took junior achievement from grade 10 to 12 jumped two percentage points. So they jumped from like a D average to a B average. Hmm. I think it's because they started understanding how the world actually worked, which nobody had told them before. Because what they did, which was so cool, is they would actually run their own business. They would set them up and they had their own capital and they'd run their own business. Like, might be like, uh, say, making dolls and selling dolls or whatever it is. Like, maybe yeah. thock heads that were really funky looking, like thick over your hand. And, yeah. But they would make this stuff and then sell them. They ran a whole business. And they'd have uh, one person be the accountant and keep track of all the money. And so wow. they, they learned about business and that, those students became more engaged in school. And again, their grade points went up. They also had a curricular activity that would help them get into university if that was their chosen path. Yeah. Um, the point is this stuff works. So, oh, it, yeah. it, and like I said, I think it's just a matter of the old guard still hanging on. But it's, it's certainly a conversation that I appreciate because I think these conversations need to happen more. And yeah. before I jump down to our only three formalized questions we asked in our sort of rapid fire finish, um, I will tell you that I know a couple of shows that we need to get you on to help share your message that are working with students and teens and what have you. So I'll make sure that I facilitate that as well, because I want to keep this conversation alive. And, uh, and I know some directions I can send you. But before we jump too far ahead, uh, my three questions that I have to ask every guest, I liked you, the other questions. I follow my intuition. You can tell by that conversation. There was no sure. purpose. Um, these three I like to ask every guest because it's interesting to see the differences and answers. First one is, how do you define success now for you personally, professionally, uh, or both? So the, the first word that came to my head when I, when I think of success is ultimately moving towards uh, some kind of intended goal or achievement. So for me, the big word that's really been coming my life is integration. If my life is integrated, whether it's my health, my finances, my relationships with my family, my, with my spouse, with my, my sisters, or my relationship with my business, all of the different elements, these pieces, at the center of them is me. Mm -hmm. So success for me is if, and you know, not that there won't be hiccups and there won't be bumps in the road and there won't be, you know, things that will ultimately come and you have to meander and to ebb and to flow and whatever it takes, but being able to have all of the pieces seemingly working together harmoniously, again, you know, sometimes you have to reroute and things like that, but having all of that working success is, you know, it used to be this thing about money, about this, about that. For me, success now is having an integrated life that truly is energizing and moving me in the direction of wanting to aspire to greatest heights in all areas of my life, my health, my finances, my, my well-being, my spirituality, just having it be something that's constantly moving the meter. Love it. Uh, how about who inspires you and why? So many people, such a great question. You know, I, I think one of the people I always go back to is Alan Watts. Mm -hmm. uh, he was one of the people whom I, I most just like resonated with because of how prophetic he was, but how well he was able to convey these super, super abstract concepts and bring it down to a very grounded, uh, we want to go there like, easier understanding because sometimes when you get like those high levels of understanding being able to actually dissect it down in a way that makes sense alan watts's ability to be able to take those concepts break it down and really come you know create these this connection between this esoteric eastern 
uh, approaches and then blending it with this Western scientific grounded piece and bringing it all together, which I think is also kind of comes back to what I talk about with integration. He integrates the, the principles and the philosophy so well. So the last official question, and I'll give you a hint that the unofficial question is just going to be how people can connect with you and learn more. But before I jump ahead to that one, this is the time machine question. Now you're not, you're not uh, about to retire age. Uh, so <laughs> this may be a tougher one or an easier one, depending on your perspective on it. But sure. I call it the time machine question. Let's assume that there was a time machine that you had in front of you right now. If you could go back in time and talk to a younger version of yourself, A, what do you think you might tell him? And I guess B, would you even get in the time machine in the first place? Hmm. That wow. could be reverse those, by the way. Wow. What a, see, that's, that's a tough question. It's so tough because it's like, do you get in or do you not? Okay, that's step one. And then step two, what would you actually say? Oh, gosh, I, I wanted to go both. And one in one path, I'm like, no, let it, you know, let it, let it unfold as opposed to and learn. But at the same point, I can imagine, you know, having gone back, and I'm going to go with having gone back because the idea of time travel sounds super dope. But um, you know, going back to myself, if I were to keep it short, sweet, simple to the point, I would, I would probably tell myself to, to start finding ways to integrate certain pieces. So like the importance of community and asking for help. I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces is learning that it's okay to ask for help to start doing the work now and get connected to whom the people you're going to need to propel you forward. I think that we live in this, uh, I mean, this like individualistic culture where it's very much like I got to get me and I got to get me right and do my thing. But ultimately that whole saying of, if you want to go, you know, if you want to go quickly, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time in silence and by myself suffering and hurting just from, you know, trying to do it all alone. And I think that, coming together as community can really do really great things for individual and also the collective. Great answer. So Wolf, I, I promised the final question, uh, not the least question, but the final question is where would you send people uh, to learn more about your work and how to connect with you and all that kind of good stuff? Absolutely. So right now the, the best ways to uh, get a hold of me are through Facebook, through Instagram, through LinkedIn, and all of those are going to be under Wolf Castillo, W-O-L-F-C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. And if someone's listening and they're like, oh, I really want to get connected to what he's doing with young people or, you know, maybe it's getting ideas or advice, uh, feel free to shoot me, um, to shoot me a message through social media. And I'd love to connect and, you know, offer some kind of uh, free session to, you know, maybe brainstorm or strategize ideas and uh, outside of that, you can send an email to uh, Jared, J-A-R-R-O-D-M Castillo, C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O at gmail.com. And that's also another way to get connected. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.